Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. This week, we're joined by the members of the Last Round podcast. Uh, currently, we just have one of them, uh, Mike Shepard, joining us. Uh, thanks, uh, Mike, for joining us. Is, is Mike okay, or do you prefer Michael? Mike's fine. Mike's fine. Cool. cool. Uh, I'm the only member that you need of the last round podcast, Matt. <laughs> All right, yeah, we've already dealt with Danny enough on here. So, Mike, um, lots of stuff to talk about, man. I mean, uh, we had mentioned uh, I uh, we came up with the idea of bringing you guys on a couple uh, back when the uh, Canelo news first broke about him uh, walking away from uh, the zone and Golden Boy, and then now this week. I mean, the main reason we we brought you on this week is because, as always, when the when there's a casual interest of boxing, you know, uh, kind of like vibing in the, in the uh, combat sports sphere, we like to bring in us, uh, you know, you guys for for boxing news with the Tyson Jones thing this weekend. But um, yeah, man, uh, I guess uh, what's what's the deal with uh, uh, Canelo right now? Because first he was he was uh, kind of like teasing a fight. Now he's got a fight. Somehow Eddie Hearn's involved. Can you just give us the details on what's going on with uh, Canelo? Well, it looked like Canelo and Oscar obviously had fallen out some time ago. And then it, when it looked like Oscar had kind of told to zone that, you know, Canelo would eventually fight Triple G for a third time, that Canelo would kind of said, well, you know, I never agreed to that. And obviously him and Triple G don't get on due to the, uh, you know, the positive test that Canelo had and Triple G kept kind of throwing that in his face. You know, Canelo knows that Triple G's biggest payday would be against himself. So he kind of never really wanted to have the third match because he didn't really want, you know, Triple G to get that big payday. So when that came to fruition, uh, that they were trying to push Canelo into having that big third fight, I think he pushed back against Oscar. You know, Oscar said a few things I think Canelo didn't like on social media. Canelo kind of knows that, you know, he's big enough to now promote himself, you know kind of following on from, you know, people like Floyd Mayweather, where they can just start their own promotions and, you know, generate, you know, pr print money, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously with the contract he had with DAZN, it kind of made sense that he went back to DAZN because, you know, his fight against Callum Smith kind of coincides with their uh, start in the UK. Callum Smith, obviously being a UK fighter, you know, people can sign up for that first month of DAZN for a, you know, it's pound ninety nine in the UK, you know, extremely cheap compared to us over in the US, what we pay. So, you know, it's going to it's gonna get subscribers. So a big UK fight against probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest star in boxing. So it made sense. What is one pound in, what is one pound? Is that like seven bucks or something like that? Seven dollars? <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. It's about, <laughs> it's, it's about one dollar twenty one dollar thirty depending oh, on oh wow so it's it's a dollar ninety nine a month for the zone in, <laughs> in the uk yeah obviously the, the, they're gonna do like they did here we started at was it five dollars and then we slowly went up to i think i think it's 20 if you do month by month but i think it's 99 99 if you just subscribe for the whole year um so it's like a lost leader you know they'll do it for a few months and then slowly but surely it'll creep up so Mm -hmm. But they got to have the stars uh, not having Canelo on. Well, 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 will the Canelo fight still be on DAZN in the UK? The Canelo fight will be. I think the minute the Anthony Joshua fights are still with Sky Sports until I know Sky Sports is um, and Matchroom's contract is up next year. But I think they probably have a, 
a solo contract for Anthony Joshua, so I'm not too sure when he actually hits the market. But the, but in the United States, the, this fight's not on DAZN for uh, for Canelo, right? Didn't they have the falling out? Or yeah, he went back though. I think you know they kind of it kind of seemed underhand because you know he kind of sued DAZN and Oscar, and then he went straight back to DAZN because obviously you know they have a lot of money. They needed him to open up that U- European and UK market, so. It kind of made sense to just use each other and eventually, you know, he's back to where he was. Just, you know, golden boy now don't get a slice of the pie. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. I mean, it, uh, it's weird how it seemed like, like uh, once the uh, removal of golden boy in that whole situation kind of brought Canelo back at least for one fight. Um, and, uh, and uh, I, I thought I read that Eddie Hearn was involved with some, that somehow. So you said matchroom is right. So yeah. it's just funny how how removing Golden Boy and Oscar from that whole mix kind of made them, f- you know, uh, friends at least for one more event to make all parties somewhat happy. Well, Oscar just seems to be a PR disaster. You know, he kind of says <laughs> stuff about Canelo. He says stuff about Ryan Garcia. Mm-hmm. You know, that his two biggest and most marketable stars. But you know, he says things without putting his brain in gear before he t- he tweets it. So, um, you know, he kind of rubs people the wrong way. It's kind of one of those things is, you know, when you've got a fighter like Bob Arum's done recently, speaking kind of, you know, openly saying he's overpaid Terence Crawford to the yeah. point where he could buy a house in Beverly Hills. Unfortunately, that's not what you say. You know, you back your fighters to the hilt. Um, but I don't know, Bob Arum's old enough, He's you know, that he can say those things and get away with it. You know, kind of like having the, the grandparent that just says like crazy yeah. things. That's <laughs> kind of like what Bob Arum is. I'm sorry. I feel like like Bob Arum's age is, is both his blessing and his curse. Because like you said, because he's old, people are like, oh, it's just an old man ranting. But he's also, mm-hmm. when it comes to marketing and, and you know, people talk, talk about boxing is dying. And if he's the most senior boxing promoter, then it's like maybe it's because his way that he insists on doing doesn't really work anymore. Because I feel like Hearn and, um, shoot, what's, why can't I think of the other guy's name? Al Heyman? Yeah. Heyman does a much better job of not only promoting events, but working with other people to get uh, fights made. Is, is there truth to that? Um, to a certain extent, you know, Bob Aram, I think I was kind of, you know, wants things done his way, maybe because he's slightly older. We think he, he deserves that. You know, he'll always stick a rematch clause in there, stuff like that. Eddie Hearn, I think is kind of open to working with quite a lot of people. Al Heyman is, you know, does if it suits him. It looks like because obviously he's kind of cornered the welterweight division and um, the leaving Terence Crawford on the outside, I think, on purpose, knowing that his contract's up next summer. And then obviously they'll try to poach him from top rank. And obviously with Bob Arum saying what he said recently about how he's overpaid him, you know, it looks mm-hmm. like uh, he could have one foot already out the door. Is that something new in boxing? I mean, the UFC's in MMA. We've always had Dana White, who has never hesitated to bash his own fighters, and most people have always thought that was kind of weird. I don't remember that ever in boxing. I feel like I remember Bob Arum and and Don King and those guys. I mean, they would tell you Peter McNeely was going to win the title. What? What? You know, did it change, or is it just an attitude thing? Is it, or is it just that these guys have just gotten old and they don't? And with social media, they don't realize what they're saying half the time. I think, you know, Barbara maybe sometimes just says it because he's he's old and maybe he doesn't put his brain in gear before it leaves his mouth. And I think another thing now, it's with social media, you can, you know, get an idea or a thought, put it on your phone and tweet it. And then afterwards, you're kind of like, 
oh shit like you start you kind of start saying it to yourself and you think oh this is how that guy's gonna take it you know once he reads it but it's out it, it's out there you know how many times do celebrities delete tweets and stuff like that but they're out there they're screenshotted and that's it they're, they're there for everyone to see oh snap we just got joined by daniel zaldivar the other half of the last round podcast Damn. who the hell is that <laughs> That's uh, me and uh, Matt, and uh, what's up, man? I'm glad, I'm glad to have a, uh, wow, full house tonight. Uh, I'm just glad you guys paid me to do this, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to pick up a sponsor in order to make that happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll keep on uh, passing it down. So we were just talking about the situation, basically, with Bob Arum, uh, talking smack about Crawford, um, not making a lot of sense, and uh, just, just kind of where the promoters have gone, and uh, with De La Hoya having his issues with Canelo and, and Garcia, and and how the promotion seems to uh, not be as. Uh, it would be weird how, how the, we were saying. Uh, Mike was saying with social media, he felt like a lot of it had to do with people just thinking and saying stuff off the cuff, uh, and then it getting to the fighters. Uh, whereas in the past, obviously that didn't exist. Do you have any idea why all of a sudden we got promoters going after their own fighters? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's really a surprise. I mean, especially with somebody like Bob Arum, who's been in the game for so long. Like Bob Arum had his scuffles with De La Hoya, Mayweather, uh, more recently, uh, Mikey Garcia a couple years ago. Um, you know, I think if we had social media age during the De La Hoya age or the Mayweather age, you would see the same thing. You know, it's just right now they have a platform to publicize it. So, you know, it. it that's always going to be there. It's like. It's like a it's like a relationship and and you know like it's like a family sometimes like De La Hoya I think compared that to like his Canelo situation to like a family he's like yeah you know we're like a family everybody has their issues and that's always gonna happen you know especially when there's a bunch of money involved <laughs> yeah you know it's funny you're you're talking about uh, the the differences and and how kind of like uh, things have changed the way things are marketed with news and stuff like that. Did you guys catch that uh, promo Showtime Sports is doing on uh, Hector Macho Camacho? I feel like that's a, a great document of how boxing marketing and, and you know, personalities in boxing have evolved. Uh, what, what, were, what are your guys, what, like your initial thought when you saw that Showtime was producing that? Mike, go ahead. I thought it was good because obviously we got, recently got sent the uh, the book actually, and we're going to have uh, the author on in the coming week or two. He's going to be be on the show. We're going to do a book review, you know. So I kind of read that before I watched the documentary. You know, he's he's somebody that just imagine having you know Hector Camacho around now. He'd be up there with a, one of the top salesmen. The way that he is, you know, he he understood kind of the PR, you know, the entrances. He knew what to say, you know, the flamboyant outfits and stuff like that, and then. You know, what a story his whole life was. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, we we've been getting I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but we've been getting a lot of these like publications been saying us a lot of boxing books the last couple months, but but it's pretty cool. But um yeah, in terms of the Cole Camacho thing, I saw Steven Espinoza, the uh president of Showtime Sports. Um he was tweeting about it and tweeting out links about it and, and little teaser videos and stuff like that. Um, so I've been meaning to watch it, and I think, uh, and I think somebody from um, they reached out. Uh, Mike was, I think, responded to them, but uh, Hector Camacho um, Jr. Mm. Somebody on behalf of him reached out to us and asked uh, if we if we want to have him on as like a future guest or something, um, which kind of made sense because there maybe he's helping promote the the Showtime 
mm-hmm. Showtime uh, television series or whatever it is. So, um, and I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Macho Camacho was a personality. Uh, you know, just like I think I'll like regardless if somebody's a good fighter or not. I mean, obviously it's good for them to be a good fighter, but if they have a personality, those are the ones that people remember the most. So uh, he definitely was. Uh, real quick, just you mentioned the book. I didn't even know it was based on the book. Well, what's the what's the name of the book and the author? It's I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Christian. I think it's Guides. G I U Dice Guides. It's uh, and it's Macho Time. Macho Time. Macho Time. All right. The, I, thought was, um, I, I thought it was about I thought it was about Macho Man Randy Savage at first, but I guess not. <laughs> hey, that would be a good one too. I would certainly <laughs> if you were to check out. But yeah, Camacho was cool because in a time where you had the big you had the big name you had the huge names in boxing in the eighties and early nineties. But I feel like maybe it was through like Wide World of Sports. I just feel like he was one of the guys I saw all the time growing up. Um, even in, even not having, I mean, did he really do any giant pay per views? Seems like most of his stuff was cable television, wasn't it? Or, think, HB, or HBO non pay per view, I guess back then. I think back then we, we don't think we really had as many pay per views. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, HBO kind of was that because obviously you have the paywall. Um, whereas nowadays, you know, you have the paywall, then you also pay pay per view. So you know, you kind of get double smoked by it now. So. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, Hector was just one of those guys, I think, that crossed over to like your casual fans because he, he was just like a PR dream. You know, everything about him, his entrances, the way that he spoke, you know, his flamboyant, his style of boxing. You know, if he was around in 2020, the guy would be on earning millions of dollars. He's kind of like Teofimo Lopez, who's just hit the scene, is very similar. He, he talks the talk. He understands stuff that's modern, you know. He's there doing wearing the shirts of the guys that wins the Heisman's trophy. He just knows exactly what to do and what to say. You know, it's funny about uh, you talking about marketing and stuff like that. And we're, we're going to get into the, I guess it's the, I mean, you, you guys have are tapped into the boxing community more than we are. So um, with this weekend's uh, Tyson Jones pay-per-view coming up, um, first of all, like what's the, it seems like, like, it, it picks up steam and then it gets kind of knocked back a little from the way I'm looking, especially with uh, the rules keep coming up on social media now and how they're like, okay, it's an exhibition and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, before we look at the card and stuff, I just wanted to see if, uh, if you guys ha- uh, can just give us the honest take on um, kind of like where it's at now and uh, how is, is this, a, is our boxing fans looking at this as a, as a smack in the f- face or, or is it something that they're hoping to bring in a bunch of new, brand new eyes to kind of uh, refresh the sport a little? I guess uh, Mike, 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 if you want to go first. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the rules have changed, right, Mike? They haven't tra- changed, but I think it was something they tried to keep kind of hush hush, unless you kind of really search them out. Mm. Because if you're a casual fan and you get told like they're wearing twelve ounce gloves instead of ten ounce gloves, you know, there's no headgear, but they've changed it to eight two minute rounds. And then, you know, Andy Foster's openly kind of said that it's pretty much a hard sparring. You know, it's also, it's not a fight. You can't bet on it because it's an exhibition. You know, I can't legally bet on it at most betting sites. Um, and then also, to me, I know people are going to say, well, you know, Tyson is going to get in there. He's going to see red because of how competitive he is. And he's just going to run across the ring and smoke Roy Jones in one round. You know, he's working for Triller and they've openly said that this is something that they're looking at doing. So 
I can't see him having a gentleman's agreement with Andy Foster, the head of the California State Athletic Commission, saying it's going to be hard sparring. And then they both go in there and knock fucking lumps of shit out of each other. He's then going to say, well, that's it. You're not having another one of these again because the 57 and 54 or something like that, you know, both end up in hospital. <laughs> How's that going to look for the California <laughs> State Athletic Commission? So they'll go in there. It'll be like hard sparring. It'll be a, there's no judges. So it's going to technically just going to be a draw. They'll both pick up that beautiful WBC frontline belt that they've decided to stick online. And, you know, they'll, both live to fight another day and they'll have more of these. And that's exactly what they want to do. They want to try and get something for like a, the older fighters to do and earn some money, I guess. Do they, do they, do you think that they have any, do they really want to fight or are they just looking for an exhibition? Cause I was trying to figure out why they're doing this in California. If you wanted to kind of have a, you know, a gentleman's agreement. We're not going to try and knock each other's heads off, but actually have a boxing match. You could have done it in probably Texas without a, without anybody looking sideways at you. Uh, was Is this just more of a make money and be in Hollywood kind of thing? I mean, what, or, I mean, what, what if, if anybody pays for this, what should they expect? I, I mean, is it going to look like a gym sparring session? Well, I think, I think in terms of uh, having it in, in California over here in, in, in Los Angeles is uh, we were, when we were talking about it, um, we had read reports that, Mike Tyson had a lot of power over the venue and the location and that some of the handlers behind the scenes. And I think people at Triller wanted to have it in places where they can have some type of a crowd, possibly Texas, maybe like a Florida or or something like that. Um, But Tyson didn't want to do it outside of LA. (laughs) He said, I want to have it in in LA and California, Southern California. Um, So I guess he was just dead set on that. Um, And then, you know, in, in, in terms of like the pricing and stuff, I think it's priced at, is it 49, Mike? 49.99. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you know, I, I was telling, I was telling Mike uh, just earlier today. Um, and then, you know, a couple of days ago, actually, that there's a lot of like, because there was a Kevin Ioli. You guys know who Kevin Ioli is, a Yahoo yeah. sports, uh, combat sports writer. Um, he's been in the game for a long time. He tweeted um, saying that he was, you know, the promotion for this fight is like the worst he's ever seen and, and something like that, you know, and, and which was, you know, I mean, I can understand it, but like, you know, it's a, it's a pandemic, you know, and, and, but I was telling Mike that at least from my personal standpoint, there's a lot of people that I know who aren't, they're casual fans and some of them aren't even really casual fans. They're just kind of like sports fans. And a lot of them have asked me, they'll text me or like, if I've talked to them on the phone or something like that, like, They've asked me, hey, what's going on with Mike Tyson? You know, how, is he going to, is he going to, you know, I'm going to watch it. And a lot of these people are asking about it. And usually every time that's happened over the years, um, those events end up selling well, or at least decent, decently were like it's, a, it, you consider it a success. So um, I think Tyson's name just carries a lot of weight on its own. You know, it's funny that you, you Danny, you mentioned uh, Kevin I always tweet about the promotion and stuff. And uh, which made me, made me think, you guys, when something big is happening with Matchroom, with with anything in boxing, you know, you've had Andy Foster on your podcast, you've had you've had Eddie Hearn on your podcast. It's like, so you you guys are tapped in pretty well to the to, to the boxing, especially if anything's going on in your neck of the woods. Has anybody even tried to get any promotion going, like a, as far as like guests reaching out for you to get on your podcast or no? I feel like because I've actually. I actually talked to someone, I'm not going to say who, but I talked to someone that's on their marketing team 
put my name. I, I think I told you this too, Danny. I, I mm-hmm. reached out to them and I'm like, okay. And they replied back. Yes, we've got you on the distribution list. Mm-hmm. That's the only communication I got from them. So the same when it first came out, I, you know, I jumped on it, emailed them, kind of said, you know, can we, we, we be added to the distribution for the emails and stuff? I think I've had one or two emails and, you know, that's about it. I uh, interviewed, you know, BJ Flores, I think it was two weeks ago, who was obviously the coach for, uh, you know, Jake Paul, who's fighting on the undercard against Nate Robinson. And then Danny touched on it today. You know, we were kind of discussing about what Kevin Ioli said. You know, Kevin Ioli is one of the most prominent MMA and boxing, you know, journalists in the game. And when he's, he's slating how hard it is to try and get any information, any flyers, you know, the normal process is, you know, the fight week turns around, you get emails, you get quotes, you get photographs, you know, all those sorts of things sent to you, you know, in the hope that, you know, you'll repost them. You know, we I also had somebody reach out today, uh, Cynthia Conte from The Ring magazine. She emailed me. She's like, hey, have, have you had anything from, you know, the, the Mike Tyson stuff? Because I've emailed and I've not had any information. That, like, wondering if, you know, she'd just been left off the emails. And I was like, no, I was like, I've never had anything. But, you know, me and daddy had... You know, one of the TV networks, I won't name them, you know, they reached out to us asking for us to to retweet and post their stuff because I'm guessing it's struggling, you know, when they're reaching out to like, you know, little old me and Danny Z there, you know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we're, 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 we're the best podcast in boxing, man. Come on. We're the best boxing, boxing podcast on this call. <laughs> hey no no for me you're the you're the only boxing podcast i listen to so you are the best one out there but um but um i mean i guess we should uh i guess we should start looking at this card then huh i mean maybe i mean maybe they'll they'll kick us some uh they'll kick us some photos and stuff after the event after after <laughs> they see that we've made this week's uh episode of uh, to focus on it so let me add it to the stream hopefully it doesn't push us all out there we go and uh all right, I started with the uh, undercard there. I don't know much about. Um, I mean, uh, again, we were talking before we we went live. I know Rashad has fought in MMA, but uh, as far as I'm just going to scroll up really quick, but like like Badu Jack and I, I know some of I mean, these two, <laughs> these two. I don't know why that's the co-main event, but I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to make predictions on on fighters I don't know that much about, but. I mean, you guys being the boxing guys, if you want to give your takes, by all means. Yeah, like, can I? I want to ask, and this is a question for all you guys, actually. Like, the because you Ed, you mentioned uh, why the Jake Paul is the co-main event. Do you guys think? Because we, you know, we talked about the marketing and promotion behind this event, how Kevin Ioli kind of, you know, slided it in a, in a sense, saying it was horrible. Um, I don't follow like Jake Paul and these YouTubers and these social media, but like, they have a large following in like on on their own of the younger crowd the younger generation and i'm sure he's been promoting it on his handles and on his stuff do you think that maybe the triller and and all these other all these other companies and and businesses involved do you think maybe they're relying that that younger generation is gonna purchase the event and and that's where they're gonna get their their audience from what do you guys think i mean i think that that's probably a, a valid point you know, I, I'm kind of skeptical about some of this kind of thing, seeing these older guys and, and it not being promoted as a real fight. I mean, I'd hate to see a situation where he is the one selling it and then everybody buys the pay-per-view and then something comes up medically with one of these guys in the main event. And all of a sudden, he, you know, Paul becomes the main event and they go and, and, it, and it's and they're able to slip through the cracks because it's his fans paying for it. Um, I don't know anybody 
and I don't want to say this, you know, I hate talking like this, but I don't know anybody who's talked about actually paying for this. And <laughs> I, that that's the thing for me. Like, I, I get wanting to watch it. Um, I mean, I, I went to Golden Boy, you know, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, you know, so I'm not I'm not too proud to say that if they were selling tickets for this, I might be there or working, whatever, getting a credential. But I, I just don't see I just I. I can't see it unless it is uh, the, I don't know if it's Logan. I don't, I don't know the, I don't know. I know as much as Danny does about these guys. Um, but if that's the one selling it, that's what kind of scares me a little bit is trying to pull a little wool at the last minute. Andy Foster doesn't pass somebody's medical and they, maybe they do a one round exhibition of circling each other in the ring and you know, who knows, but I, I just feel like something fishy is going on with this, especially with the price. If you wanted people to buy it, you wouldn't charge 50 bucks. Not for Twil- Triller. I don't even know. This is the first time I've ever heard of them, too. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's my little diatribe on the situation. I just, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I uh, Rahman is, or uh, Rockman, uh, Hasim's son, got added today, right? This is a late late replacement. Right. Yeah, he got added today. He replaced uh, like pro boxer, YouTuber, rapper, internet <laughs> sensation, Vidal Riley, who uh, was the coach for KSI, who was one of the original um youtube fights that the that they had against uh, Jake's older brother Logan Paul um he uh, he trains out with Floyd Mayweather's gym in Las Vegas so he he pulled out today uh but these are all under boxing rules so i i still, i would i guess the the rules favor him right Hazim Rackman <laughs> yeah yeah th- these are all under boxing rule obviously Hareem yeah. Rackman is you know the son of you know, Hazim Rachman Sr., who obviously famously beat uh, Lennox Lewis over in South Africa for the world heavyweight title many years ago. Six and uh, Rashid Couture, you know, he he fought in Bellator. He fought in UFC. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. you know, MMA listeners will, will remember him. And, you know, I think the biggest struggle for him is going to be reaching cru- cruiserweight because if I remember rightly, I think he's been fighting at heavyweight for a long time. And he's he's won to know as a, as a fighter, but I think his, his only pro... Uh, boxing match, I think, was like five or six years ago. Hmm. So I think his biggest struggle is going to be with the scales. That photo looks like a heavyweight versus a bantamweight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at the, uh, I watched the, uh, I watched the media thing that they did a couple of weeks. Was it on the week of Halloween? I think they did it, uh, or towards the end of October that they did the the uh, media day for all this whole thing. And and he wasn't looking too light there either. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but uh, I mean, I guess this is this is more of a competitive match here on the on um, the light heavyweight bout between Body Jack and Blake McKernan. Not in my opinion. No, <laughs> I think Body Jack, Jack, Jack will school him. Body Jack's fought yeah. for the heavyweight title. Yeah. Blake McKernan's been more of a uh, top rank Fresno kind of. They kind of, kind of they kind of played off his uh, military background, you know. They, they he's been in with a lot of people with you know um, losing records, but I think he sells well. They, they play off the military uh, persona that like they did with Jamel Herring, and uh, you know he sells out up in Fresno with uh, Jose Ramirez. They used to pack out stadiums together, him and Gabriel Flores. This is a huge step up for for him. And if Badu Jack's really got anything left and is taking this seriously, he should really crush Blake McKinnon, in my opinion. I think it's always I think it's always interesting that Badu Jack is always involved in like these big like money events like this cuz I think Mike what's what wasn't he involved was he wasn't he on the Mayweather McGregor card too or am I wrong I feel like he's been involved Yeah he, he didn't he beat um Nathan Cleverly 
Right, right. So like he always manages in a, in some way or form to like get in on 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 these types of events. Um, so I mean, I don't know if it's like him and his team, or or if it's him, or if he just has the connections in the sport, or maybe it's Mayweather who puts in a word. I don't know, but it's always interesting to see that he makes his way into these events. Do we know if if these are all exhibition matches or, or is, is only the main event the exhibition under those uh, rules with the heavier gloves? The, the rest is are, are all, you know, just normal pro fights. And then oh, obviously wow. just, just the main event is um, okay. technically an exhibition. Yeah, and I think for the main event, I think uh, unless they've changed it, but I don't think I've heard anything different. If I think Andy Foster of the Athletic Commission has said, like, you know, if somebody bleeds – He's gonna. They're gonna stop it. So I know. saw. I saw a meme about that earlier today with a <laughs> a ref jumping in. Somebody did one thing, and so the ref jumped in. So I mean, people better hope that doesn't happen. Like you know, one one punch that you know it might not look too too yeah. deadly, too deadly. But if it lands in the right spot, you know, maybe the corner of the eye or something with enough pressure within like the first round. And they start yeah. bleeding. Are they going to stop it? You know, like people are going to yeah. be pissed. <laughs> yeah, let's but, just move on to the main event. Cause, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they, so they are they're not wearing headgear though, right? Headgear was talked about, but not no headgear. I, I just I can't see how I you to me you can't really play box. Like I don't, yeah. you know, like to me you're either boxing, you're fighting, or you're not. Like I, I, I have a hard time seeing Tyson and Roy Jones just jab at each other. <laughs> I mean, once if Tyson throws a right hand, to me it's a it's a right hand. You know, I, I maybe I, I don't know unless unless he's going to WWE stuff where he's pulling punches, but mm. I don't I just can't see how that that just happens. Uh, <laughs> you know, and maybe that's the great thing about it is that we have no idea what the hell's going to actually happen. I feel like Mike Tyson, uh, even if he want, he wants to or not, I feel like people, and I, obviously Mike Tyson is going to do whatever Mike Tyson wants, but like I feel like he will try to maybe uh, showcase some a little of the 90s mike tyson maybe in terms of movement or uh, maybe those like those swooping shots or something just for the entertainment of the event um you know just to show people like hey you know i could still do something so um but i i think it's just the intrigue of of people wanting to see mike tyson i don't think it's realistic to expect 1995 mike tyson or whatever you know but um you know, the guy has said in interviews, I'm sure you guys have all seen it. Like he said in interviews that like, you know, he's, he's got a mean streak, mm-hmm. you know, especially when he was a fighter, you know, like he, t- his anger, he took out his anger on all his opponents. Cause you know, <laughs> um, but I'm surprised that he's coming back. Uh, I know he said on Howard Stern a couple of years back, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago, or maybe longer than that, that like he, he didn't want to fight anymore. He was over it. He was past it. You know, he, he didn't want to know about it anymore. He didn't want to have anything to do with it, at least in terms of being in the actual ring and fighting. So uh, I'm sure somebody's asked him in, in these interview tours he's been doing, but I, I'd want to see what his answer is behind that. Like his honest, genuine answer is because the guy seems like he's, you know, he's not going to do something just because somebody asked him, like, you know, unless they throw a bunch of money. Do we know how much he's getting paid, Mike? Does anybody know? Any of you guys? Yeah. It's a guaranteed purse of 10 million and then 50% of the pay-per-view over whatever level is um they set to make a profit damn they, they're both they're both getting i think 10.5 million guaranteed then 50 percent of the pay-per-views over a certain level dang what do you think yeah. about that Ed? i mean well I, first of all i think um i mean that's a lot of money but 
I I I think uh you know the thing about these two guys I'm trying to remember as uh, as we were looking at talking about them uh you know fighting for as long as they've had at a, at the at the level they competed at professionally and how long they've been out of it and I know we've seen all the footage of them training and you know hitting pads and stuff like that but when you finally get in there against someone and plus I mean they're probably sparring I would assume I haven't seen any sparring footage I think maybe I saw some of Mike so, um, but you know, when you get in there against a live fight, I, I think it's just different for you. And, and especially when you're older like that, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid of what to expect, but I'm also curious. So I, I do kind of want to see it. But as far as what I think, I mean, I don't know where, where the hell they get the 10, 10.5 million from. I mean, I guess this thriller thing, I know it's an app that's kind of like TikTok, And if TikTok mm. is, is a big thing now. I'm an old man, and I tried it out, and I deleted it, so I didn't. It didn't really. <laughs> I didn't really get it, but uh, I mean, it seems to be something that somehow ha- has money. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, it could work, but I mean, didn't what was that recent app? Quibi. Didn't they kind of put a lot of promotion behind their app, and then it just they ended up reporting recently that it, it's going down or it's going out, out of business or something. I don't know, but it, I feel it's like I feel like this app might might be the same thing they're gonna push it this is gonna be like they're coming out event but the market's so saturated already that it's it's tough to to really find a spot the the problem i have with it is they've spent all the money on the main event you know mm-hmm. they spent all the money on the mike tyson roy jones jr mm-hmm. and then obviously i'm sure you know jake paul's getting played handsomely and you know nate robinson so the you know the professionals below that that should really be there to supplement you know us that are you know hardcore boxing fans it's not there. You know, they're either one-sided or they're people we've never even heard of. And, you know, it's got to the point where is it this week or last week they started announcing there's like all these different singers that are coming over to make it, you know, into a kind of an event as well. They've got Adesanya, you know, he's obviously going to be on comms working that to bring in Ooh. some fans probably from the UFC side. So it looks like they're trying. And to me, from what we can tell, I'm guessing the figures that they're guesstimating aren't looking too great. You know, you know what's funny about this is, and and Matt, uh, I want you to chime in on this too because you and I have talked about it enough with, with um, especially with the news of Anderson Silva. You keep them, people. It's he's kind of like he's trying to sell himself to someone that'll give him a fight. But um, like this whole thing, it shifted. That it seems like the marketing shifted for with Triller's name all over everything. But it was supposed to be, from what I remember, and and, and I know you guys reached out to the media too. Legends Only League, which is supposed to be a. a a space for guys that kind of feel like they got one more in them to come back. Um, and I, honestly, I mean, it looks like this is going to be another golden boy MMA event. I feel like this is a one-off thing. And uh, you know, I, I think that's what's going to wind up happening. Like folks are going to grab their money, get paid and, and, and go home. And then there's going to be a lot of like, uh, you know, empty uh, dead domain names, Triller and, and legends only and stuff like that. But what do you guys think, Matt? I mean, we talked about enough. So if you want to start off, no, I just I I hope Mike and uh, and Roy got their money up front because I certainly <laughs> wouldn't be waiting for it on the back end. I I don't think it'll go over that pay per view threshold. Not if they got to make twenty million to at least pay these two dudes. Um, I, so I, I don't. I, I again, it just it's not even. 
I, I guess I'm I'm still in the old school mentality where I haven't even gotten used to UFC Fight Pass for people having to order pay per views through that. So in my mind, if it's not on like Viewers Choice or uh, Direct TV pay per view or something, I just don't know. To me, the average casual boxing fan who's maybe like sixty, like one of my uncles or something right now, will <laughs> it has no chance of ordering anything like this. So I just don't. That's and and maybe I'm maybe I'm just too old school, but I don't see that happening. And again, like. And those are the people that would pay for it. The people in their twenties know how not to pay for this. You know? <laughs> so uh, I, I, to me, if you're not getting like the 50 to like 75 year old kind of old school boxing fan, you're not really getting them. And if they're not promoting it through anybody, um, yeah, I, I don't see this being a, I think it's going to be a money grab for certain people. And then you're going to have a lot of people afterwards asking where their paychecks can, are. are. I, I, th- I think, I think they're trying to hit every type of market with uh, who they have involved in the event. So they have Mike Tyson, Roy Jones. So the hardcore boxing fans are intrigued by that. So they might check it out just because of it's Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Who at one point or another were each respectively the best boxers in the world. Um, But then they also appeal to the older generation who might be casual fans, but they know who Mike Tyson is. And they're just like, Oh, I kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by that. I, I might order it. And then you add somebody like the YouTuber Jake Paul, who has a younger generation who don't watch fights, but they'll watch anything with these guys involved. Uh, And then you add like a guy, Badu Jack or something like that to kind of satisfy like the real hardcore boxing fans. But even that's not going to satisfy the hardcore, hardcore boxing fans. So, I mean, I think in, in terms of like how they're trying to set it up and trying to reach every fan base, I mean, I, I think you know, I think they, they're doing pretty well in that, but like, you know, it just, it remains to be seen if it actually performs as well as they hope it does. My biggest question for you two guys is if this is 1989, Mike Tyson versus 1996, Roy Jones, who wins Tyson at, at 210 pounds, 220 pounds. I think Tyson does. I think Tyson was just a killer. I think Roy Jones is a, is a badass, but like, I think Tyson was just, his killerist instinct was just different. I don't know. I, I, I think Tyson. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I'm a big fan of both. You know, big Roy Jones Jr. fan. Um, went on a little bit too long in his career. Um, you know, obviously he didn't need to take all those losses that he took near the end, you know, over in Russia and places like that. But yeah, I think Tyson in his prime, you know, at his best, People forget how quick and, you know, how explosive he was. You know, I don't know if Roy Jones could just avoid him, you know, with that jab for so long because he's just so powerful, so explosive. I don't know, it just takes, just takes one from good old Mike and that's it. You're out. Yeah. That's true. Roy Jones isn't putting his hands behind his back against Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that'd, probably be, <laughs> that'd probably be a mistake. The other thing, the other thing too is, uh, um, I mean, if you look at activity, I mean, I, I guess, and I think uh, – the time that uh, Mike, when you were on this podcast to fill in for Matt, uh, back when this was first announced, um, the thing is we talked about how if you look at whoever's been more professionally active recently, it's 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 Roy Jones Jr. So maybe there's a cardio activity edge there. I don't know, but again, it's been a while for it's still a while, especially in in combat sports uh, time. You know, like that nothing ages anyone's body like uh, a fighter, and especially when. A fighter not fighting probably ages faster than when they are actually active. So 
Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that that's that. Uh, one thing I, I I have on my note, I, I wanted to ask at the beginning when we were talking about the zone and um and all the all the new stuff, the actual <laughs> the actual boxing going on that's going to probably keep going on for a little while. The Triple G announcement was came out today. He's also got a fight uh, announced against uh, a name I can't pronounce, but that was either announced today or yesterday, right? Officially today, with the yeah. emails came out with the poster and stuff like that. Yeah, he's fighting the day before Canelo. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Friday the 18th against his mandatory challenger. You know, DeZone, I think, still have him for two or three more fights at quite a hefty deal. I think it was at like three fights, Danny, for like 60 million, you know, hoping that they could, uh, you know, feed him a couple of people and then feed him to Canelo for a third time. You know, Triple G is not getting any younger. He still has that name, 39 years old. You know, his last last fight against, you know, Derry Vachenko, in my opinion, got got some home cooking, got a little decision because DeZone needed him to win that fight so they could, you know, feed, feed him to Canelo later down the line. So good to see him back, though, as a name. Right, does the yeah. does the Zara Meta guy is that I guess that's how you say Zara Meta? Um, does he have a chance against Triple G? And does Cal um, does Smith have any chance against Canelo? Or are these two squash matches? Um, well, I guess I'll start with Smith and and Canelo. Is that that's uh, more well known at the moment? Um, I I think Canelo is a heavy favorite. Um, I think that's a, that's an easy one to say going into that Cal Smith fight. But Cal Smith is uh you know, the, the ring champion, um, the ring magazine champion. And I believe the WBA super, super middleweight, two supers in that word, uh, champion also. So like, it's not like he's, he's, he's arguably the best one. Like be, if you want to take out Canelo from the 168 pound division, he's arguably the, the next best guy. Um, but his fight before, uh, I believe he fought John Ryder. That was, that was the last fight, right? Mike, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, he he won that fight, but a lot of people are like feel that he lost that fight. Um, and he he you know they gave him the decision, like, but he he had to really fight through some some obstacles to to get that win. Um, so you know, I think I th- I just think Canelo the the level of talent he has is, is just is is levels above quite a lot of people. Um, and I think Smith is going to go down just like his brother Liam did at 154 pounds against Canelo with a body shot. Um. The only thing he's going to have an advantage over Canelo, obviously, is is the height. I believe he's like six three, yeah. Um, and Canelo's maybe five eight, you know, five nine if they want to make it seem like he's got an inch, but he's pretty much like five eight. Um, but Canelo just, you know, his his fundamentals are just too good, and and he's a Mexican fighter. Mexican fighters go to the body, so he's <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hit that body, and and he's gonna tumble him down. So, um. And then in terms of Triple G for, I believe, Zerometa, Zermenta, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, I think Triple G is also the favorite in that. I think DAZN knows what they're doing. Like Mike was saying, they know they're, they're trying to save for the Canelo fight. Because you got you to gotta think about it. The DAZN signed both of these guys in hopes that they'll mm-hmm. fight not just once, but they were hoping maybe twice so they can get some some profit out of it. They can get a piece of that, that pie. So... Um, I think they know, like, okay, you know, this guy we're going to put in Triple G with, he should beat him, so he won't ruin the plans for the Canelo third fight, so we can get a piece of that financial pie. So um, I'm not uh, really too familiar with him. Um, Mike, have you have you, have you watched any of his prior fights? 
I've watched him. He, he's very similar to Triple G. I think he's kind of a perfect style for him. He doesn't doesn't move too much. He'll be kind of a punching bag for Triple G. Um, he's also smaller, less reach, kind of a perfect opponent, even though he's a mandatory, so he has to fight him. He's actually also a very good style for him. And looking at Callum Smith, I kind of agree with Danny as much as I'd love to see Callum Smith being a fellow Brit, you know, beat Canelo. I don't see it. You know, Canelo has a very awkward style for a lot of British fighters. You know, he's defeated how many of them so far? You know, like Matthew Harton, Amir Khan. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, I see, you know, he loves going to the body. You know, and C- uh, Callum Smith's so much taller. There's going to be a lot of torso just right in front of Canelo. And I see that's, you know, that's how he's going to take him out. A big left hook to the body. Very similar, I think, in the way that um, Canelo defeated Rocky Fielding. 18th and 19th of December, so that's a, that's a double header for them. I wouldn't be surprised if the zone picks up a few subscribers then. Well, they sh- they should. Uh, I mean, because in the next, in from the December 12th until January 2nd, I believe, uh, like about three weeks worth, they have some pretty significant names fighting. They got Triple G, uh, Canelo, Anthony Joshua, and uh, Ryan Garcia. So, like. You know, people, people who, who obviously there's people who are going to stream it and stuff. They, they, you always have your streaming community, but if you just want to pay for that month, you only have to pay twenty bucks for those four fights, and all those four fights are are pretty, are pretty good gets for twenty bucks. You know, like you, you can't really compare, you can't really complain about about something like that. You know, and and um, people like I don't, I don't know how it is with uh in the MMA community in terms of networks and stuff, but over here in the boxing community, like. Everybody kind of f- fans kind of indirectly or directly align themselves with certain promoters and networks. And there's a lot of people who trash like certain networks like DAZN, like, oh, nobody wants to fight on an app and stuff like that. And it's just like, why, why, why would you, com- why would you complain as a fan that yeah. you want fights? You want to pay 75, 80, 90 bucks per fight <laughs> when you could pay 20 bucks for the whole month and like they can deliver stuff like that. Or you can pay 100 bucks for the whole year and get like, you know, 15, 20, 25 fights or something like that, you know, that are pay-per-view caliber in, in a sense, you know? I mean, I don't know. That's just my two cents, I guess. No, that makes sense. A Canelo yeah. fight by itself used to be like 75 bucks, right? Now you can get uh, it for 20, even if that's the only one you want to watch. Right. So, I mean, it's yeah. com- common sense there. Um, the, the I noticed that the, the Canelo fight is taking place in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome, and tickets actually go on sale there tomorrow if there's any local fans listening. Um, is the Triple G fight in the States, or is that uh, is that out of state? Out of the States. I believe it's in Florida. Right, Florida. Mike? Yeah, I believe, I believe the last I heard it was going to be in Florida. I don't know if they've announced a, a venue officially, but the... it's going to be Florida, Mike. The usual uh, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Uh-huh. Okay, so they'll yeah. likely have fans there too. So even so, these will these will be events on the zone with yeah, Florida for sure. Fan well, yeah, yeah. And, and the Alamo Dome holds like seventy five thousand. So I think that they were saying something that they were going to try to try to work like twenty and twenty thousand yeah. in there if they could sell that many tickets. So well, yeah, I think I think uh, Davis Santa Cruz was there a couple weeks ago, right, Mike? And then I think they yeah. they allotted for I think. Maybe twelve, fifteen thousand, twelve thousand, something mm-hmm. like that. So, it's probably going to be around the the a similar number as that. You know, uh, you guys made me think about. It. I think it was twenty. Is it twenty seventeen? 
2017. I forget when the zone made their USA deal here with Bellator and, you know, they were supposed to be the pay-per-view killer and all that. And, uh, and, um, you know, the thing is, I, I, Danny and I talked about it way at the beginning because I went to the Viacom building when they had the announcement with Bellator and I spoke with James Rushton and I was back then up until this, until 2019, I was kind of sold on them because of, like you said, the month of December, well worth the price. I mean, to sign up for, and I think if this pandemic didn't happen and maybe they, they kind of pushed themselves as a, cause I remember at that press conference, Russian was like, we want to be your, your fight night destination. And I feel like they could have done it. Had they focused more on, on combat sports as a whole, not, not just boxing, but um, you know, the, uh, the, and the pandemic uh, kind of jumping in, but it looks like pay-per-view is not dead because uh, Dana White did his thing with ESPN Plus and the paywall, which is completely retarded to me, that you you pay month to month and then to pay for a pay-per-view. I don't know how that's making more money, that, that, that they're not really hemorrhaging money, even though ESPN just laid off a bunch of people. But, um, I mean, I don't know, man. If I feel like the zone could have been more successful if they, if they kind of made better moves but um i don't know i just just uh you talking about the the deal that they it, that is a great deal but i mean i, I think i i've the, the zone ship has sailed for me as far as ever considering them again i just had to throw that in before we uh before we wrap it up because i'm they just should, uh, they shouldn't have raised the price in the us they, they went to 20 dollars a month too quick mm. uh, 9.99 a month was was a good good value especially when they had the bellator i also think that they did a lot of people a disservice um, that had subscriptions during this pandemic where they had like six, seven months of nothing at all mm. on the network and they still charged them. I felt like they should have reached out to those <laughs> people and extended their subscriptions or uh, or figured something out. Hey, if you subscribe again for another year, you get it for nine ninety nine for the whole year or something like that. Um, but I think that rubs some people the wrong way because I do know some people who prepaid for the whole year, uh, you know, in January or something. And then all of a sudden they, they, they haven't had anything, you know, for, for seven, eight months of paying for it, but it does pay off here at the end of the year. Even if they pay 99 bucks, I yeah. guess if you're a big enough boxing fan, those four fights in itself, but how uh, much original boxing content do they produce outside of the Ak and Barack? Those two guys, <laughs> that they, you know what I mean? Like, like they could have not for nothing. They could have brought y'all, y'all two on the last round and had you guys do your live podcast on there. Plus that, I mean, if you have original content, then people kind of feel like they're paying for something. Cause even this whole time I, I had fight pass, I never thought about canceling it because I mean, well, I was still getting cage warriors and stuff like that from, from, from the UK and stuff like, you know, cause not, there was some stuff going on submission underground, things like that. So I still got something, but I, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like they could have done a better job just again, promoting it. And, and, and I, you got to listen to your fans, man. If you don't listen to your fans, it's funny. Cause Russian said that to me, I, that it's actually on this YouTube channel where he says we do social listening. And I mean, Three four years later, it doesn't look like it. I think it's just the pandemic that really uh, that was like their kind of like their nail. Um, I think I, I agree with how what Matt said. They just they they I don't know if it was you or or, or Matt Ed, but uh, how they raise the price too fast. Yeah. Um, two twenty bucks and stuff like that. I mean, like you know, a hundred bucks for the whole year is already a good deal. I think it comes out to be like eight eight and eight mm-hmm. bucks and change. Um, but I think you know, I I don't think. Uh, I think if anybody realistically expected expected a pandemic uh, of this nature to mm. affect uh, the world as it has, I don't think uh, we would have saw a, a price increase like that. Because um, I think they just they just assume like 
hey, you know, like we have all these former HBO boxing guys, Canelo, Triple G, Anthony Joshua, and all these names, um, you know, and we'll, we're gonna get we're gonna get all those old school HBO boxing subscribers. So I think that's what they were betting on, and then the pandemic hit, and there was I'm assuming. Uh, just based on on social media, Twitter, and, and just in general, that there was a lot of people who just let their subscription lapse, and they're just mm-hmm. like, "Well, what am I going to pay another hundred bucks for the whole year, or twenty bucks a month when you're not giving me giving me anything? I'm not. I don't want to pay to watch, you know, jabs with Chris Mannix and Sergio Mora or Akin Barak, like Ed said. You know, like those guys do good work. I don't. I mean, you know, we we're all in the same business here. It's not like I'm I'm dissing them, but like I don't know anybody who subscribes to the Zone because of one or the other or both of those shows you know like and they have a library that people could watch of past fights but you can only watch them so many times and when you can when a lot of those are available on youtube already Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's a mental thing even if you're paying 9.99 a month and it's and it comes out to 120 at the end of the year i think it's just the 10 dollar a month thing a lot of people can kind of swallow and you can kind of go hey there's not a fight i'm interested this month i'm gonna hold back you know this month and then resubscribe. So I don't know. I just think that it's harder for, to get somebody to go, Hey, here's a, here's a hundred dollar bill for, for the year. You know, uh, that it just has never worked in any of the things I've ever noticed. Uh, I mean, fight pass doesn't seem to even work that way. Um, most people I think do month to month to that, even though it's more expensive than paying for six months or a year at a time. So I don't know. One, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about was, um, Forgive me for not knowing the names of the guys, but uh, the the fight before the the Crawford main event, we had our first situation where I've ever seen instant replay used oh, in yeah. in any kind of combat sports in, in a sense of of a, of a big moment where you had a world title on the line, um, and it seemed to fail miserably. Uh, maybe one of you can kind of give a quick little recap of kind of what went down and and maybe what the reaction in the boxing world's been been to that. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, it was probably the biggest moment, you know, at Las Vegas, I think is the only state at the minute, well, Nevada, sorry, the only state at the minute that uses it. Um, they did use it earlier in the pandemic for a just a knockdown. It was a Jose Pedraza fight. I think they called it a knockdown and they ended up taking it away and said actually it was a slip. You know, the, me and Danny mentioned on the podcast at the time, they used it very quickly, very precise. There was no wait. They just did it in between rounds. The referee just went over and told all the judges, hey, that was a slip. It was a slip. That was a slip. We were very impressed. Obviously, moving on to this fight, um, it just all went, it just went completely backwards. You know, boxing was its own worst enemy. Um, it took, I think it was 26, 27 minutes of a six-minute fight. So it was only two rounds. You know, they could have watched both rounds multiple times, even though there was only the first round to really look at because they knew that's when the injury occurred. Um you mean but basically, was- basically, sorry to cut you off, but to fill people in, basically the, the fight was called due to swelling around one of the fighter's eyes. And mm-hmm. they said it was a result of a, of an accidental headbutt that apparently somebody, the referee or one of the sideline officials or ringside officials said it happened in the first round. And then, and then they took, like you said, the 27 minutes, basically reviewing a three minute round over and over again mm-hmm. uh, with no evidence of any kind of real headbutt and, it, and then I'll let you finish kind of where, where the, they took it from there. Yeah, the, ref, the referee actually called it during during the fight. Said like, hey, that was a headbutt. You know, the, at the end of the first round, they checked his eye. You know, it was fine. He said he wanted to carry on. At the end of the second round, it had swollen so badly that, the, you know, the, the, ref, the doctor said, you know, obviously we're going to have to call it. And then obviously it depended on whether it was 
an accidental headbutt or whether it was caused by a jab, which, you know, the replay seemed to, 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 to say that it was. And even obviously watching it live on ESPN, all the commentators, Joe Tessitore, you know, Tim Bradley, Andre Ward, they were all saying they thought it was a jab. But good old Nevada, you know, good old Bob Bennett, he decided that after 27 minutes of watching it, that he was going to agree with the referee and say that it was a phantom headbutt. Um, but to be fair to him, he did say afterwards that in an interview, I think it was with Kevin Nioli, that the only way that they were going to overturn it from what the referee decided was if there was like, you know, 100% proof that it was definitely a jab. And there was a few incidences on the cameras where you could kind of see the head was kind of crouched down and was maybe touching um, Maloney's shoulder, something like that, because me and Danny were kind of split. I thought it was a, you know, definitely the jab that they showed. And Danny was kind of saying that he thought it could have been, uh, you know, when they were in close and he it kind of hit his shoulder or maybe the side of his head, something like that. So to be fair to Bob Bennett, I can understand where he's coming from. You know, you want to back your referees to the hilt and mm. always agree with them. But that the, being the first biggest opportunity when you've got celebrities like Joe Rogan talking about how much of a shit show it was. That says something, you know, because you never see Joe Rogan talk about boxing, sometimes on his podcast, but he's never retweeting things and stuff like that. It was it was just crazy, the amount of celebrities that were in on that fight, because it really wasn't the biggest of fights. You know, maybe if it happened in the Terence Crawford-Kell Brook fight, but not Joshua Franco against, you know, Maloney from Australia. So, you know, boxing is its own worst enemy at times. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot. Of, I, I kind of agree, agree with Mike what, what was saying. I think uh, a lot of people, um, especially with Joe Rogan kind of putting light on it, saying that, you know, it was one of the worst decisions, and then other people just following, like, on social media and stuff. Like, yeah, initially, like, I, I thought, oh, yeah, that's it. Was, he jabbed him. It, that, it was just jabs. And then you kind of see people who, like, were posting little clips, and, and then uh, Franco, Franco, uh, Franco's team even or somebody from his his camp posted like a little clip of him getting kind of clipped, like where they they kind of you can kind of see some type of some type of contact uh, with with their heads, you know, and and like like how Mike was saying, Bob Bennett pretty much, you know, he 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 fell on the sword and said, look, if I if we can't definitively say one hundred percent that it was caused by this or this, he was like, you know, I, I I'm not comfortable making a, a, a one sided decision, um, and there was. A, a type of gray area um i think just people i think people were so up in arms af, uh, about it because if you watch the post fight interviews uh when maloney who was the one who didn't you know who who didn't get the win or, or he didn't get the belt um the australian kid he was giving his interview to bernardo osuna the espn reporter and he wanted to cry he was very emotional um, yeah, I you know, that. you know, and, 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 you know, people, people identify with emotion, you know, they sympathize with that. It's a human emotion. So I think it tugged, it, it tugged at a lot of people's heartstrings. And then they felt like, oh, they robbed the kid, you know, because they felt an, emo- an emotional attachment to it, which made the people who were saying, you know, it, they robbed the fight from him and this is that. I feel like that made that narrative a lot worse. I, I, I do believe that he jabbed him. And then it, it might have been the headbutt, but it, but I, I, I think there there was enough of a gray area, whether how big or how small is obviously arguable, that 
I don't think I I don't want to I don't want to go too hard on 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 Bob Bennett on on that, but you know, the the good thing is that they're gonna fight. They they will fight again. You know, yeah. they're not they're not these high profile guys who were making twenty billion a piece where there's a lot of politics involved. Um, they will fight again. Um, and and then hopefully we have no no issues in in that third fight and we get a clear winner. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because um. That's actually that was actually the question I wanted to ask before Danny rolled up in here all late about it. So, <laughs> but well, um, because, because we were talking about Bob Arum and that rant that whoever recorded him was because of that whole situation. So I'm glad we circled back to that. But go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say Danny brings up a great point about the emotions because what I caught on, I think I was making dinner or something because the fight ended and I was kind of standing around. I, I thought it was just over. And then all of a sudden you hear the announcers and all of them, uh, Ward, Bradley and uh, Kachator are all going, they're going to take it from him. They're going to take right. it from him. It, it, you know, the kid worked his ass off, came here to the U S took camp away from his family. And you know, that was the emotion that they, they really sold. I don't know if it was because it was the top ranked fighter or it was their guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which okay, that makes all the sense in the world then. But yeah, that's so I can see uh, as a as a casual viewer just walking by the screen, you're gonna see that. My thing is, it didn't give me a lot of hope for any any non headbutt ever getting turned over in the future. Hopefully, this is a learning experience, and maybe they see the feed the feedback they're getting. Maybe there's something they start putting into contracts where if there is an instant replay overturn, there's an automatic. Uh, rematch clause. I mean, this might be something that kind of opens the door for that, which would be which would be awesome because you don't want to see anybody's career completely swayed uh, by a bad decision. Whether you know, like you said, maybe there was an angle that see it. I didn't really see it. I saw a lot of jabs. That's but again, I should have put if I put it on mute, maybe my my opinion changes because uh, it was heavily a biased uh, a broadcasting team uh, telling you. I mean, from the start, the minute they started replaying it, they were saying they were going to take it from him, and and it was kind of a, 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 it wasn't a real, uh, you know, they would it was it was a, a bias bias uh, broadcast crew for sure. There was there was also the, the the notion, you know, that people were saying like, oh, Maloney was robbed and stuff like that, and like you mentioned, Matt, uh, uh, Andrew Maloney was the top rank fighter, so he fights on ESPN. Like he was the the promoter of that event. That was their fighter. That's who they were backing. And people, and you know, when you say especially in boxing when you say like oh you know they robbed him or something it's usually in favor of the promoter backed fighter mm-hmm. you know and this time it was flipped so like i don't know i mean like i it's I, you know i just had I, I think i'm i'm i don't want to say okay with it i think i'm just like i'm willing to look past it because they will fight again even they haven't they haven't officially announced it but they will they will fight again so that kind of gives me comfort as a boxing fan so i'm like hey man we're going to see it again, you know, and, and hopefully this time we got no issues. And it's boxing. You expect this kind of crap. I mean, it, it's, it would, it, it, it wouldn't be a year of boxing if we didn't have, you know, something, but I, I was, gl- I was glad to see them use instant replay, whether there can be argued, whether they used it right or wrong. I, I think that's definitely a, a step in the right direction for, yeah. uh, for all combat sports. And, yeah. um, you know, if it's got to happen in a fight where there's controversy, like you said, better that fight than if we ever do get Crawford Spence or, you know, Joshua uh, in, in against Fury or something like that. And then all of a sudden you have all hell breaking loose when people are legitimately paying a hundred dollars for yeah. a pay-per-view to, uh, to have something like that controversial, but. Well, uh, uh, you guys, uh, thanks for, for coming on. I mean, uh, I know you guys have uh, your own show you want to promote. So if you got links, handles and stuff, 
please drop them before uh, Matt takes us out. Go ahead, Mike. This is always Mike's uh, Mike's part on our show. Danny gives me all the big jobs. So we're <laughs> at, the, at the last round twelve on Twitter and Instagram. Then I'm at mshep100, I think, on Twitter. And I'm at Danny Z underscore boxing. If you're watching this, you know, broadcast of of the episode, uh, you can obviously see it on the screen. Um, but yeah, like we we uh, we try to post as much as we can. Uh, we try to have guests from from all different our different parts, uh, uh, our different fields in the sport of boxing. Um, you know, so we, we try to keep it as, as a variety as we can. Cause we get people who message us on Instagram and Twitter, like, Oh, you guys should get an announcer on, you guys should get a manager on, you guys should get, you know, uh, uh, a cut man on or something like that. So we, you know, we, we try to keep a, a variety as we can. And, and, you know, obviously people who are, are, are good, uh, you know, good on the mic and 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 good at, at giving good answers and stuff. I like the, the the recent show we did this week was um, boxing manager Sam Jones. Uh, he's uh from the UK. He manages a fighter who's fighting this week uh, named Joe Joyce, uh, who goes up against Daniel Dubois on ESPN Plus. So if you guys have ESPN Plus, I sure I'm sure you guys do. Um, that'll be a fight that's in the UK this Saturday. It'll probably be on in the afternoon, right, Mike? Maybe about two o'clock. Yeah, I think the card starts around eleven. So by the time you get to the main event, you're looking at probably one or two. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. like, so if you yep. guys have if you guys have nothing to do, or if you guys are going to be home, uh, that that's a heavyweight bout, and these two guys are are looked at like as a future. What you would say at least Dubois, um, uh, of the heavyweight division. Um, so and matching them both right now in terms of like skill and, and where they're at in their careers is like very even they're calling this a 50 50 fight. So if you guys have nothing to do, that should be a pretty intriguing fight to catch on ESPN plus over here in the United States. Yeah. They actually ESPN is going to be running fights on Saturday cause they have that early. And then UFC's uh fight night is on with a heavyweight main event, Derek Lewis and Curtis blades. So, uh, and then obviously we have the big Tyson Jones thing that everyone's all hyped up about. So, so Saturday is uh, going to be loaded, loaded yeah. for action on ESPN plus and Triller. Um, again, thanks for coming on guys. Fans can always check us out at allaccessmma.com. You can follow me at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, Carbizal on Instagram. Check him out as old head carb on Twitch <laughs> And uh, again, all of our uh, viewers on Twitch and uh, Periscope has been pretty cool to see. So if you're out there watching us uh, on those platforms, continue to do it. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Love talking boxing. And uh, man, now that now that I met Mike and you guys are both in Southern California, I look forward to this pandemic ending and, and maybe uh, hooking up for a boxing event uh, sometime in the near future. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So have a good night, gentlemen. Have a great uh, four, uh, not 4th of July. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, that's also to all of our other uh, listeners. Uh, have a great week, guys, and enjoy the fights. Uh, one last thing, the uh, link to their podcast is going to be in the video description as well as the audio description of this podcast. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Thanks, fellas. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel. 
the Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.